0: Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney. Brains, we are at the spot. We're at the location where the conversation's appointed. The guests are sharp. There she is right there. Jackie, pull (laughs) up. And the responses are never gone. We're going into the hypnospace. Woo, you see I got my little twilight look on. (laughs) I love
1: it. (laughs) But it's
0: really cool. And I know how to, you know, I've been hypnotized a couple times and I know how to take myself down. but people don't realize As we were talking in the green room that, you know, 85% of your day, you're hypnotized. You're in some sort of trance. Haven't you ever been in your car and got somewhere and didn't even remember how you got there? Or what's happened? Or have you ever talked to yourself? That's neuro-linguistic programming, a conversation that you have in your head. But what I want to ask Jackie is, Why is that so prevalent now? I mean, you're finding hypnotherapists all over the place. I want to know what it takes to be a good hypnotherapist. Because it could be like a, lack of a better term, a car dealer. You know, you might get a limit. (laughs) True story. True story. Right. And oh, we're going you know, to talk about mental health, addiction, uh, connection to greatness, and she's also going to read us an excerpt from her book. So I'm so excited to
1: have her. Welcome to On The Edge, Jackie. Thank you very much, April. I'm happy to be here. And actually, I'm excited to talk with you. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm super good. excited to talk about it. I love talking about hypnosis. So,
0: All right. So let's start with your story, your journey, and your truth where'd this all begin for you?
1: You know what? It, 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 it's kind of uh, transformed over time. So, um, as a, as a young child, um, I was always able to really connect to people and I could understand their feelings. I could understand who they were. I had premonitions, I had all sorts of things when I was a kid. Um, and I didn't really do much with it. Of course, when you're a kid, it's, you know, kind of spooky to have that stuff going on. So I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Then I decided uh, at the age of 30 to go into nursing, became a nurse, Uh, had a wonderful career for about 17 years. And then that disappeared. And I wanted to continue working with people, um, but I wanted to work with them outside of the medical uh, arena. So I started with the coaching program, became a certified life coach, wellness coach, all of that great stuff. And then hypnosis literally fell in my lap. I was at a trade show. I was sitting at a table having some lunch with my daughters and a flyer fell into my lap. Wow. There's some serendipity. (laughs) So I registered for that class. I went and took my training. That was back in 2016. Um, And kind of the rest is history. So I um, became a certified hypnotherapist in 2017 and very quickly realized I wanted more. So uh, in 2018, I became a certified advanced uh, hypnosis practitioner and trainer. So I not only wanted to learn more, go deeper, understand, you know, the ins and outs, I also wanted to teach other people how to do this, because to me, uh, hypnosis is a passion for me. It is something that we we have in our lives every day. We don't call it hypnosis. You're right. When you were saying that earlier, we drive home from work. We don't even realize we've made it home. Uh, we're watching TV at night and, uh, you know, the Dairy Queen commercials and the Burger King commercials, all those commercials come on. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in the kitchen looking for something to eat. Right, or, you know, or reading a really good book or watching a really good movie and everything else melts into the background. All of those things are hypnosis. Um, and
0: it's, that, we- it's that subliminal mindset. I was telling my girlfriend, she just couldn't get it. I don't know what it was. We were talking about the frontal lobe and we were talking about the subconscious mind. And I was telling her, there's yeah. like three or four people back there that you haven't even met yet. And that is what you want to bring forth. That is that is the command. You know, that's the command. to correct yourself. So it's pretty interesting um, that that flyer just fell into your lap. But it's no coincidence. Because when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. (laughs) So you get into this phase of of uh, hypnotherapy. Uh, I kind of didn't believe it for a while. I said, eh, this is hocus pocus. But what happened, my daughter... Uh, had to have a hernia operation when she was very small. And the doctor asked me, he says, may I hypnotize her before she goes in so that she has a wonderful, pleasant experience and when she comes out, she won't know anything. The aura and the energy around this man was like a magnet. Come to find out, he was a a world-renowned surgeon that would go into third world countries where they did not have anesthesia. And he would hypnotize mm-hmm. the children and take them down before he did their surgery. And my daughter woke up. Yes. Girl, she was happier than she ever was. She says, oh, mommy, it was wonderful. Everything was so nice, I, I you know? And so I said, wow, this really, but I could feel the power. So you've got to have a certain uh certain gifts. You gotta have empathy, understanding, uh, you've got to be clear, you gotta be able to connect with people and build a level of trust. Because as we know, hypnosis yes. cannot make you do anything that you don't want to do.
1: Nope. All hypnosis is self hypnosis. <laughs> okay. So now all of it. So when you start to do
0: your session, I'm your client. And you know, you've got, I've never been hypnotized before and I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, Lord, what's going to happen? You sit me there. You sit me up in the chair. Do you lay me on the couch? Give me one or two things that you do to prepare this person to go into this transcendental state. <laughs>
1: When I work with clients or when I have prospects that are coming into my practice to work with me, um, I send them out um, a a video or an audio of me talking about who I am. And it's very much, it's very much, it's not edited. So it it is me in all of my imperfections. Mm. I talk about what hypnosis is, what it isn't, what to expect when you're in hypnosis and what my expectation is from you when we're working together. And um, I do an intake call with, with all prospects as well. I talk, talk to them about the problem that they're having. Um, We talk about some of the solutions that they have tried to work with in the past. Maybe they've worked, maybe they haven't. Um, And, and again, I talk about what it is that is my job, what, what my part is in working with them. Um, Mm -hmm. I tell them that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis and that really what I'm facilitating is holding space for them to uh connect to themselves so it's you to you therapy um you're the higher mind um i work with what's called the super conscious mind so that's the the highest of of mind it knows everything about us it knows everything about our lives our past lives everything it also has all the answers to all of the things that we're looking to to find answers for. So mm-hmm. when we have a problem and we're looking for a solution, we often go to outside sources. Um, and with hypnosis, what I'm having the client realize is that the best way to get to the solution that will work for them in their lives is to step inside of themselves. Wow. So
0: all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, um, and tapping into this higher higher mind. Now, there's different types of hypnotherapy. I've had guests on here that do RTT. Um, I've got some guests that do a lot of NLP as well. Do you incorporate those modalities into your work, or are you in a specific genre? How do you slice and dice that?
1: it's hard to slice and dice there's a there's a lot of different modalities and basically all of the modalities are just the protocol and how they use hypnosis so rtt has its specifics five path has its its specifics um i particularly work with what's called the simpson protocol hypnosis and i'm actually going to be launching my own protocols in uh in the new year one is called utopia
0: and the other one
1: is called fog uh oh, POW, oh. fog fog hmm. is that Literally. an acronym for something it is yes it's an acronym for finger of god wow so um when i work in hypnosis for myself um i often channel information from higher sources and so all of the information for the fog protocol that i've just uh finished writing um came from a higher source so it's higher level healing. It's actually uh, stepping out of the physical body and emotional body, um, allowing the healing to take place at higher levels of mind, and then bringing all that healing back into the physical and emotional bodies. So I'm really excited about that. Super excited wow. About
0: wow. That. You get to offset a lot of uh, mystic and mayhem, but then people are, um, they're a little apprehensive. Mm -hmm. A little apprehensive because, and I always keep it real with my guests and my, my brains is that now not only are you doing the hypnotherapy, but you're also bringing in energy work metaphysics. Yes, absolutely. And so now they're saying, oh, this is in contrast to what I quote unquote believe or quote unquote my, my doctrine. Or what people have told me, she's not mm-hmm. supposed to do this. My ta- <clears throat> my
1: talk therapy person never did this. How do you make that person feel comfortable? <clears throat> so when I when I talk about higher levels of mind and the things that I do, um, I very clearly explain to the client that just as all hypnosis is self hypnosis, and the client will only allow what is for them to to come into their into their session whatever their belief system is falls into place with what it is that we're working with so when i say source for instance some people believe it's god some people believe it's mother earth some people believe it's allah whatever that uh belief system is for the client that will be the imagery that will be the understanding that they have in the session i don't I don't work in religious uh, fields. I don't work in political fields. I don't work in you know any of that stuff. I work where oh, the client's believe. You don't work is. in the political field? Well, I
0: wish that, you no. did. <laughs> I wish you could do some abracadabra. Okay. So that's, but it's fun also too. Tell me about um, an experience that you had that you really saw a great breakthrough with someone. And it just was really an aha moment for you and them.
1: Um, I worked with a a woman recently. Uh, She's, she's, you know, just, just coming out of a really narcissistic relationship. Um, She finally uh, decided she had enough. She took the clothes on her back and she left. And, you know, when I, when, when she contacted me, she said, I really need help. So I got in touch with her and we did some work together. And after one session together, you know, we, we talked about what the problem was, what she wanted instead. How do you want to feel instead? That's the first question I ask everybody. How do you want to feel? How do you, what do you want rather than what you're handling, handling right now? And then she came out of that session and she said, you know, I, I can feel it. I can feel the strength coming back. I can feel myself reconnecting back to that part of me that's been just pushed down for so long. And so I worked with her three or four more sessions and now she is, uh, she's, she's, she's doing talks. She's, she's talking in front of other people. She's telling her story. She's doing energy work and hypnosis work with other people and helping them to heal on their journey. Um, And she is not afraid any longer to to be that vulnerable person, to to share that vulnerability, because for so long she didn't want anybody to know what was going on, which, which happens in a lot of abusive situations. So for me, the takeaway was not only did she step back into that powerful core that is her, but she really found her voice. And that voice is just so beautifully sharing now so that other people who are in her situation actually know that they're seen, that they're heard and that they're validated in what's going on in their lives and that it's okay that they haven't yet taken that step to come forward and and to to do the things that they, they know that they eventually need to do. Well, the
0: part of suggestion also, too, you know, like uh, quit smoking or weight loss. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go through hypnotherapy for that, too, and not just the, the emotional side of it. How do... People that go through maybe those type of programs, how do they re-engage that? You know, okay, so she may have a down week and she feels that she's falling off. You know, does she have to come back and, you know, get a a tune-up? Or do you give her tools that you can say, hey, look, meditate on this, go into this mindset, think about this. Do you give her a set of guidelines and instructions
1: after she leaves your care for aftercare? Yes. So when it comes to weight loss or smoking or any big habit, any kind of habit at all, nail biting, hair pulling, all yes. of them, it's never about the addiction. It's never about the weight loss. It's never about the smoking. It's everything attached to it that we work with. So when I do an intake and somebody wants to lose, uh, you know, lose weight, the first thing I tell them is what's going to happen. What happens every time you lose something, you want to find it and you will, it will turn every corner upside down until you find it. So when you want to lose weight, you'll lose it. And then part of your mind, the part of your mind that put it there in the first place is going to say, Oh, we lost it. Now I need to go find it again. And then we're going to pad oh. up even more so that we don't lose it again. Wow. So when I'm working with clients, I explain to them very clearly that the problem they're experiencing, um, all of the feelings and emotions and physical reactions that they're having to that Are symptoms of the deeper issue that's going on and once we get into hypnosis the higher mind very quickly reveals a lot of a lot of things that they didn't even maybe even associate with weight loss Um, people who have problems losing weight they generally are padding up to protect themselves from something So they're protecting themselves from being seen. They're protecting themselves from, uh, you know, maybe they were in an abusive relationship or perhaps experienced, you know, some sort of a sexual dysfunctional relationship at some point in their lives. So they're padding up to protect themselves.
0: Well, I'm wondering what mine is. I must be padding up for winter for hibernation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The point is, is that, at first when I start working with clients, you know, especially, especially with regard to addictions, they think it's the addiction. That's the problem. And it's not, it's not the addiction at all. The addiction is the symptom caused from something deeper. Mm. So when I work with people, you know, in longer term programs, I not only do hypnosis work with them, I also do hypno coaching. So post hypnosis, there's always the, you know, a 30 to 40 minute period where they're very suggestible. So we talk about implementing goals that are achievable for that particular time frame, whether it's a week or two weeks, you're going, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. The other thing I do is I teach them breathing exercises so that they can actually center and calm themselves as many times a day as they need to. Um, I will do mantra work with them if I feel, if they feel like it's going to be a benefit for them and I teach them self hypnosis. So they're able to work uh, at home. They're able to go into self hypnosis, into that hypnosis space and continue to move themselves forward and continue to release the things that are really causing the problem. So that when they finally come to see me again, they've gotten rid of a lot of little things. So we can start working on the bigger things together. So there's there's a lot of things that I do. I'm also, I make myself available to my uh, clients, not 24-7, but they can email me. They can message me um, if they're having a really bad week, which does happen, or they have a bad reaction, you know, have a headache and they, it doesn't go away or something like that we will hook up, we'll do another quick session, we'll settle that physical and emotional stuff down and then they can carry on. So then there's a little bit more coaching involved there and a little bit more self-hypnosis work that needs to be done. So it's not just about the hypnosis. Being a hypnotherapist requires you to uh, be very empathic to the point where you can shut your own stuff off and simply- So because you're taking on a lot of heavy weight yeah, yeah.
0: You, you have to balance yourself. You have to ground yourself. That's like when I give massage. You know, I was going to be a massage therapist, and I felt the energy of a couple people a couple times. I was like, nope. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But grounding yourself, saying staying centered. Yes. What do you do for you for self care? What do you do to protect yourself? Make yourself feel good. And who pours into you to keep your
1: skills sharp? i do a lot of things for myself with regard to uh you know i do my own self-hypnosis work um i have a seizure disorder which um, is a big part of the reason why i work with mental health and why i work with addictions and things like that um so i have to get a lot of i have to get a lot of rest my body will actually shut down if i don't take care of myself um i have to eat properly Um, I, I need to shut my computer down and walk away from, uh, my work, which I find very hard to do because I'm very, uh, focused on, I've always got, you know, 50 apps all open and going. And sometimes my app is at the very bottom needs to come to the top. Um, I spend a lot of time with my family. So we've got, you know, we've got seven children, we've got 12 grandchildren. So I spend a lot of time with them. Um, and my husband and I, we actually just came back from, uh, one of our annual trips. We, we go every year and, you know, I just spent the whole two weeks literally on the beach, relaxing, wow. uh, doing some planning, just some, you know, very light stuff, but just really like connecting back to the earth, connecting back to the ocean. Um, and just, just really feeling good about myself again and, and recharging. And I left all my work at home. And uh, that's it. So um, it's important. It's important. I don't don't ever want to find myself in a position of burnout again. Mm -hmm. Um, I burnt myself out once before, and I ended up with a seizure disorder as a result of that. Um, And I don't ever want to go there again. And I don't want other people to either. So I'm a very big advocate with my students and with my clients. What are we doing for self-care this week? what are you doing to protect yourself when you're working with other clients when i'm working you know it is
0: so important i was in la and i spent the night at a friend's house and girl she kept the tv on all night mm. i was so annoyed <laughs> when, you stay, when you're in somebody else's house you know they're gracious enough to let you stay there but i did bring it to her attention i said you know what that blue light does not allow your mind to rest. No. I said, and when you are asleep and you're hearing these things, that is subliminal programming. Absolutely. That's hypnosis. That's yeah. hypnosis. <laughs> you are listening to Wolf Blitzer on CNN for eight hours while you're trying to sleep. And you don't let your circadian rhythm kick in so that you get into that realm sleep. That's when the body heals. Yes. You know, and you have sleep apnea, sleep disorders, a whole bunch of stuff goes on when the body is supposed to be resting and repairing. But you know what's a good thing to do before you go to bed at night? Is to read a good book.
1: And that might be your book. I am going to read you an excerpt. So I, uh, I wrote a book a couple of years ago. Um, it's basically my story, how I ended up doing doing the work that I do. Let's see. But it's called the Burned Out Healer: A Path to Trauma Release and Reconnection to Self. And this book is my story. So it, it it's my story how I ended up crashing and burning, and what I had to do to reconnect to myself. But it also talks about some of the things that I do when I'm working with clients. So you know how you were saying earlier that some people wouldn't understand or their belief system wouldn't allow them to maybe work with me because of some of the things that I, I work with. This goes into a lot of detail about different words that they're going to hear the meanings of those words, how they can um, place those words into their belief system. And it's not going to, it's not going to trigger them to, um, to push away from it. So this book is uh, it, it's it's my story, but it's also kind of my my handbook. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I ask I ask clients to read it all the time, and uh, so and, uh,
0: what are you going to share with uh, us? We want to hear a little bit about what's in embodied in that text because I know that it's powerful.
1: Um, I actually had two that I was thinking of sharing. One is kind of um, the start of my story. And the other one is some channeled information about um, the question, what is God? We're ready. Set up straight brains. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, the following information is loosely transcribed from a session with me in a deeply hypnotic trance as I asked about God from the perspective of my connection to all universal energy. It may provide you with some food for thought regarding your own life and belief systems. These are the words of my connection. What is God, I asked? We say that God is a man who lived and walked the earth so many years ago and that he made magical gifts that allowed him to heal the sick and to raise the dead and to bring words of peace to all those who chose to hear his words. It's a strong belief and it's a beautiful belief. But God was never one man, just as Jesus was never just one man. Stories have been told over time of the man who came to be known as the son of God, walking the earth and doing his father's work in miracles. Neither were ever men in true human form with supernatural abilities and powers. However, that is not to say that God never existed. All things are energy and all energy is connected and interconnected. Every man, woman, child, every beast, and every other living thing is pure energy, and all are connected. The word God, when spoken in human tongue, refers to one who is revered, one who is praised, one who leads. The human form of God appeared in the minds of man to allow for comprehension, to allow for a visual representation of the power of that energy. God as humans know it to be is a powerful energy. There is no debate over this. All energy is connected and yet some energies are stronger, have specific purpose and yet remain only energy. God is such an energy, capable of great healing and great compassion and love for every living thing. All energy is one energy and because of this, all humans, all living things are God. The energy that is God lives in all of us and is the source of what we are known as the spirit or is the source of what is known as the spiritual gifts. Examples include the gifts of healing, compassion, service, and vision. Every living living being receives spiritual gifts when their soul combines to join their human host. Every day that humans choose to live in their sacredness and to share their gifts with others is a day that God energy shines within them. It's amusing to those of us who have never been human to watch humans put things into categories. God, devil, good, evil, negative, positive. It's as though humans need to live by category for their very survival. Energy is energy. It's that simple. It's not categorical. Where the human thought goes, the energy flows. If the human is living in suffering, they are in denial of their God energy and the blame falls on evil or negative happenings. If the human is living in harmony, they are in balance and rejoicing in the goodness and positivity of their lives. There is no blame when times are good. Who is God? God energy is neither male nor female. It's simply pure energy. God is in every human. God is in every living thing. Even the atheist human or the human who would give God another name are all one and all contain God energy that is abundant as a universal source. And yet, because of the human need to complicate and categorize, they bunch up and they hate. Humans hate color, language, race, religion. They hate with an energy equal or greater than that of God energy. If humans could realize the connections that they have to the very fiber of their beings and to work collectively in their spiritual gifts supporting loving and connecting with each other, which is how it was supposed to have been. Except that humans want choice a basic human need humans want to decide and override the very energy God energy that they have built their hate around for untold centuries. When you fall to your knees and you pray in times of crisis, when you stand in silent prayer wishing for better, for more, for change, you are praying to God energy and so you are praying to yourself and to all the world around you. The answers you are seeking are located within you as God energy and because all energy is connected within those around you who may rise and answer your call with their own God energy. Every human is equipped with the answers that they pray for every day. What they don't realize is that they're never alone in the answers to their prayers. There
0: you go. Wow. That was a beautiful definition of who is God. And I feel that
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I just came from Italy and I went in the Vatican and I see how Michelangelo painted his depiction of Jesus Mm-hmm. on his fascination with Apollo. Didn't have anything to do with the text. He didn't get a download. They weren't talking about source energy. <laughs> no. And people use religious texts sometimes to manipulate. Well, it's all a form of brainwash, no matter what it is. Brainwash doesn't have to be a negative thing. No. You know? Um Cause some people have dirty minds and they need their brains washed. But what you have to do is again, you have to find your own connection. You have to have your own source. You have to read your own text. You have to do your own meditation. You have to be open to receive this information because it's powerful and how source energy, God, Jesus comes to Jackie. is not going to be the same way that it comes to April because we have two different destinations. We have two different journeys. But everything is so convoluted now, uh, Jackie, because the world is shifting. We Mm -hmm. are in the age of Aquarius. We're in this lunar vortex where people are shifting. The whole cosmic atmosphere is changing. And we're all trying to get through this little portal. So I thank you for the work that you do to make it clear, to make it easy, and to break it down in bite-sized pieces so that we can digest it. And I really want people to go out, run out and get a copy of the book. If uh, you have questions, definitely contact Jackie. She's going to be able to answer them for you, possibly work with you, but she's also coming out with a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that new exciting venture.
1: Well, that was kind of new. We are in the uh, process of putting it together right now. Um, I will be working with two colleagues of mine and we want to talk about we want to talk about deeper mind and we want to talk about higher healing. Um, and we want to talk about it in the context of what is going on in the world right now. Um, so there's two there's there's kind of two avenues. One is angry people and they have to be right and they have a right to be right. And that's fine. And then we have other people who are coming around to the idea that there's something more uh, for them or inside of them, and they haven't got any idea how to tap into that information. And so uh, we want to talk about how you can tap into that, how you can become part of, um, you know, part of a bigger part of yourself, if you will. a larger community community, but also really just just really strong and solid in who you are and your belief systems your religious beliefs your political beliefs that doesn't really it doesn't really matter it factors in but it doesn't matter because what we want is for people to understand that you are strong in who you are and when you are strong in who you are you are aligned with those things that lead you to more of that strength more of you know living a life that you love. And and really appreciating that, um, and the idea is is to talk about that stuff and to really um, open it up for people so that they have a deeper understanding, so that there isn't the fear of, you know, I'm I'm going to go into hypnosis and they're going to do things to me and I'm going to forget and I'm going to you know cluck like a chicken and blah blah blah. We want people to understand what it is, what hypnosis is at its core, and how it can very therapeutically benefit you as an individual so that you can be a better part of a larger community and a more forceful if you will or impactful member of of a community that wants the world to not go back to the way it was but to pull through Uh this whole turmoil yeah and
0: you want them to thrive
1: you want people
0: to go to their zenith point but let me in closing uh ask this question here When you're looking for someone to be a hypnotherapist or to work with them, what would be two or three things that we might ask them outside of their credentials? I mean, you know, you can have as many degrees as a thermometer and not know what temperature it is, (laughs) (laughs) okay? So, uh, you know, what are two or three things? Is there, is there, I know there's gotta be a, a, me, I read energy. You know, when I walk into, when I walk into your space, you know, how does it smell? How does it, you know, how is the light, you know, where am I going to be sitting? You know, the, the tenseness, I feel that right away, but what are two or three things that you might
1: suggest? When I'm working with clients uh, I want to work with people who are open. I want them to be open-minded and I want them to be curious When we are curious, we are more likely to embrace new things. When we are living in judgment, that's when we've got that push and pull and we can't understand why things aren't changing because we're always doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So I would like open mindedness, I would like curiosity, and I would like somebody who's open to possibility and opportunity. Mm. What would your life be like if you didn't have this problem anymore? What would it be like? Just imagine all of the possibilities when i'm working with students uh, when i'm training students to do what i do i want them to be curious absolutely i want them to be curious i want them to um, i want them to be able to listen and not just to not just to reply but to actually hear what it is that i'm saying and i want them to think outside the box i want them to ask the question that's rolling around inside their head that they think is just stupid and if i ask that i'm going to sound really dumb Mm. I want them to be confident to just ask those questions because that's how you're going to move your client's needle from empty to full.
0: Mm. That's powerful. Please tell my brains how to get a copy of the book, how to work with you and when you're going to be
1: releasing the podcast so that we can get some brains to follow you. (laughs) If you would like to work with me one-on-one as a client or a student or if you would like to purchase a copy of my book, you can go to my website, www.jackiebellog.com. And uh, you can, everything is there. So you can find links for student services. You can find links for client services. And then there's a specific link uh, uh, for the book itself. All of the links to purchase are there. And you can, I mean, you can buy it worldwide. So it is available worldwide. Um, If you want to work one-on-one with me or if you want to, uh, you know, look at taking a class, one of my classes, I have a lot of classes coming in the new year, Um, you can, um, you know, do some research on there and then there is a link to get a hold of me. If you'd like more information, I'll have a one-on-one chat with you. We'll make sure that it's a fit and that you understand it completely. And the podcast, uh, we haven't uh, we haven't got to the point where we've got a launch date yet. So we are we're in the works, and as soon as that information is available, it's going to be coming out everywhere, and uh, and we'll be we'll be linking to all of the good. Yeah, sites.
0: I'm gonna tell you, brains, exactly. I don't want you to miss a nanosecond of any of this. Now, please understand that Jackie spells her name very uniquely. It's J A C. Q-U-I-E, last name is spelled B-A-L-O-G-H. I'm going to put all of her contact information at the end of this amazing interview, and we're going to rotate it all over the planet. You know, brains, you don't know what you don't know. And we don't know everything in our subconscious mind, and we may never know. But what if? What if? Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> the possibilities are endless. I mean, you know, you could be a world-renowned concert pianist and never ask the question, but always wondered why you play chopsticks <laughs> and take no, it off the piano. You want to bring your greatness forward. Mm-hmm. Fear is yeah. a captor. Now, fear is very important
1: because it helps us protect ourselves but fear is actually the ego fear is the ego doing its job it's protecting you from stepping outside those 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 carefully laid lines right so fear is just the ego saying hey
0: and don't (laughs) don't, you know are you free to be afraid are you afraid to be free yeah exactly exactly so
1: one of the things one of the biggest questions i ask april i just before you let me go here the biggest questions i ask The very last question I ask my clients and my students without using the words, can't don't, or won't tell me what you want instead. Mm. And that's it. I leave it wide open and they cannot use those three words in that, in that answer. What do you want? What do you truly want? What would give you everything you need to live a life that you love?
0: Isn't that amazing how sometimes you, you talk to people and they have no idea of what they want. Majority of the time. yes. But then they're unhappy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just give me just anything. Well, I don't want <laughs> anything. I want everything wonderful that is you brains here on the edge. So go right here to this location. I need you to love, like, share, and subscribe. I need subscriptions to the YouTube channel. I need subscriptions to the blog talk radio, you know, Getting people to subscribe is a commitment. It's like that date. He'll come and pick you up two, three times, but he don't want to commit. <laughs> so I need you to commit. Commit to yourself. Show yourself a different opportunity. Show yourself some options, some choices. Have some fun with it. Don't take it so seriously. It's all about how you respond, you'd be surprised. Thank you so much, Jackie Bullock, you are the best. And I will talk to you again soon. I'm gonna be listening to your podcast uh, and I'm gonna be um, referring people your way. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much, I appreciate you too. All right, bye Brains.